0: Welcome to this week's episode of the aspire to be podcast. I'm your host, Julie kropka Sometimes in life and in business, we all need someone to help us get out of our own way. (laughs) Well, my guest today, Diana Murphy is an executive coach working with entrepreneurs and leaders to break through all of the noise. Her amazing tuition and her genuine desire to help her clients thrive has been the force behind her success for the last 10 years. Diana started her early career in medical and pharmaceutical sales, landed a position with Gallup, built her family, raised two boys, and at the age of 55, took the leap to start her own business. Diana, I have always valued your perspective and the work that you've done, and I look forward to sharing this conversation with our listeners. Welcome to
1: Aspire to Be. I i am so honored to be here today. Um, our relationship has gone through the years. We actually had conversations before COVID. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> really a friendship, and um, it's just an honor to be part of what you're creating here.
0: Well, thank you. I mean, look, I, every conversation I've had with you, I've walked away feeling better about myself, better about my direction, even if it was just lunch. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, so, there,
1: lunch or wine. Exactly, yep. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, but today, we're really going to dig in to not just the work that you do, but but the results of the work that you do and how that impacts these executives and entrepreneurs. So I want to start with the beginning. I know you're rooted in Chicago.
1: Yes. You
0: took a trip to the Big Apple, worked there, and yes. then made it back to the Midwest. And now you're anchored here in Atlanta. Yes. So tell me about the early days.
1: The early days um, becoming, um, I met my husband at the time, at University of Colorado. It was my safety school. (laughs) And uh, my mom was just dying for me to go there, and it's wild that that's what turned out. But it was a great... um, I was a really type-A great student. Mm -hmm. And what was really good for me is that I was in a softer environment. It wasn't a a lot of pressure. So I grew up a lot. I grew up a lot being on Semester at Sea, my junior year, traveling Mm -hmm. around the world. And so I... I know from those days that I started, like I went into marketing, but what I really knew is I wanted to be on the ground and in yeah. sales. So I've always had an adience to that type of um, career. So that was where I started.
0: Well, you started there and then I know that you were actually able, you landed a job with the Gallup organization Mm -hmm. and you really were working on developing the culture for the leaders that were there, correct?
1: Absolutely. So some of my experiences of wanting to be a manager in pharmaceuticals Mm -hmm. was starting to be that seed of understanding there was a better way to help manage people and help people to grow. I could see it in the way I was being managed in a sales rep, the way my numbers were being counted the way I was being perceived.
0: Ah, interesting.
1: And so when my husband at the time went, He went there first in a sales role, and I was introduced to the company all based on the culture of focusing on strengths and positive psychology. Wow. I was like, I want to be here too. Yeah. So when the opportunity came for me to come in, I was initially in a sales role and quickly was able to be a part of the in-depth interviewing center. And so I was really managing a gorgeous group of individuals that were um, managing in-depth interviews with people that were really interviewing for jobs for our clients and had a really great experience working with that group of people.
0: Well, I can imagine. And and did that experience lend itself to sort of growing into your business that you have now? Was that sort of an early stepping stone that maybe you weren't aware of at the time?
1: Yeah, wasn't aware of at the time. We do not understand, and I think this would be something for the audience, look, take a lot of time to look back Mm -hmm. at what you love doing, what lit you up, Mm -hmm. because it informed the path. I had a drive from the beginning at Gallup to be a part of people understanding their brilliance and being able to step into that. And you know, Gallup StrengthsFinder, I was literally two desks away from Don Clifton as he started that research and that work. We were actually a company that bought Gallup. So I was part of a small firm that was that really knew that they wanted to be involved in a bigger a bigger way of doing business. And so we bought the Gallup organization from the Gallup Sons.
0: Wow. And we were an
1: employee owned company from the beginning
0: unbelievable. Yeah. So it was
1: entrepreneurial.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. But even just to have had that experience Mm -hmm. and to be on the ground as that approach to interviewing and focusing on strengths, I do think that, and I know in my own experience, I talk about it a lot in my book, is that there wasn't a lot of focus on that sort of in the the 2010s or in the early 2000s. And I think we sort of got lost a little bit in some of the... Um, the positivity and, and management styles. Again, I, I think not that it wasn't a focus. I just mm-hmm. think that as a lot of new businesses started, yes. they had not been exposed to that before. Um, but it's interesting that that sort of inspired or lit a flame inside of oh, you for, what, for yeah. what could come. So at the age of 55, yes. you two boys out of the house and grown, and you decide to start your own business. Yes. Talk about so,
1: that. So no coach understands, unless they're in the right school or area of, of learning, that one of the biggest parts of becoming a coach is actually creating a business so that you can. Mm-hmm. I am so blessed with the skills and the way that I operate in the world. I, You know, like, yes, I was at home with my kids, but I was co-president of the Parents Association. Yes. I ran the Sally Foster busy. campaign, and everybody's like, whoa. And yeah. so being like really not belittling those experiences mm-hmm. and then realizing that I was willing to do that whole identity shift of becoming yes. a business owner so that I could be a coach.
0: Oh, it's fantastic. It I mean, is. What a it leap. was a
1: gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeous now <laughs> yes. journey. Probably not in so much Madrid, in the beginning. I would say seven to eight years ago, those early years yeah. are really tough. And it was all the things that, you know, you and I talk about, As the themes behind the things that I've grown through is how I help my clients, Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome, getting frozen, all the things. But I would never give up that journey, whether that was what informed my coaching practice or not. Because you never learn more about yourself than when you start a business or a new venture.
0: Well, as you know... I've written Dare to Become, which is my first book that will come out. And that was really all of the things that I had learned working for my parents' business, working in corporate, finding things I didn't like, and then having enough wherewithal to invest in myself. And so I know how scary that can be. And even though you were probably ready for the challenge, you know, make no mistake, it's not easy. It's not simple. And and sometimes it's ugly, just just for a little while. There's
1: some grit in the background. (laughs) And I think that's where... Coaching, And I know we'll get into this, but this yeah. for the audience, this is where leaders are so disoriented. Mm-hmm. And it is a natural way that our brain and like mm-hmm. tries to protect us from something new and yes. big. And this is the process of just becoming more authentic and more yourself.
0: Now it's great. And we are going to dig into that too. And I know one of the things you and I've talked about too, is that coaching has gotten a bad rap, right? It's the elephant in the room, if you will. Um, talk to me a little bit about what, if there was a pivotal moment for you that made you sort of decide to go down this authentic values-based route, because I know not every coach has the same methodology as you do.
1: Um, I think it's this journey of in my own path of honoring what i knew was right for my practice mm-hmm. but being taught from the outside that scaling at all costs and having your like niche always so well defined and crafted and marketing and yeah. now all those things are so valuable mm-hmm. being clear in your messaging no matter sure. what your business is But what was happening is I was being taught to do things in a way that was not, was rubbing against my integrity. Didn't feel right. It did not feel right. And when we get in a space of dishonoring our values and our integrity and our uniqueness too, um, we will not be as good at what we're doing, doing something a way that someone else has done many coaches think that they have gone through a gorgeous process themselves. Yeah. There is so much value to that but without the right tools and creating a lot of emotional safety yeah. that is not coaching. Yeah. The client absolutely has the answers. Yes. And I think that's where executive coaching or this can coaching I have, you know, I'm going to teach you these three things. Yes. If there's methods, if there's like you just can hear from that coach that those are the three things that you're. That's fabulous. Sure, but safe coaching will come from someone that honors you as client, mm-hmm. as as being the master yeah. of your life, and when that is overridden or made to feel small, and it's done very unintentionally. These are subconscious patterns that all of us have because we're humans and have all been raised in different households and cultures. So um, I am confident because of the work I've done myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is, if the the audience is looking to coaching or is curious about this, be with coaches that do a lot of their own self-work, that they talk about their own journey a lot. So you know that they're... More aware, we're not perfect, we're not better than, we don't know all the answers, but that groundedness comes from doing our own work.
0: Well, and I think that that's that that attributes a lot to the success that you've had because I know from my own experience, while I've not considered coaching for my own business, Mm -hmm. when I went to write the book, I knew that I needed a book coach to hold me accountable. And really what I thought I was getting was a project manager. I was like, they're going to keep me on time and task. It's going to be so great. They're going to manage me. And really what I ended up getting, um, I worked with Rick Wolf, who is an American author himself. He was a former professional baseball player and coach. He had his own radio show. Um, but what I got out of my experience with him every week was was so profound in that I um, he he believed in what I was doing, but he also showed me how to bring out the best in my writing so that I could write this book. And I think in the end, you know, I look back and go, huh, that was interesting. Because again, <laughs> he was a book coach and he yes. did his job very well, but he was very authentic in his approach. He was very... Um, easy to talk to but he also had a lot of knowledge mm-hmm. right his background in sports psychology his work oh, the, the tools that, that written, he brought the tools to the, that he had the made conversations him yeah flawless and yeah. I didn't even know he was doing it so it was mm-hmm. even better mm-hmm. right <laughs> yes
1: the best experts we talked about this yes. the best experts have imbued great coaching yes. in their work and it's from being insightful mm-hmm. and really honoring holding the space for mm-hmm. that client holding the space for your nervousness in this big new project yep. but also holding the space for what you really wanted to get done yeah. um, i love i've been asked to be an accountability coach many times over and this yep. is my answer yeah. i will only be accountable to making sure that you're not beating yourself up right that you are like not really looking at the nuance of that grace towards self mm-hmm. while you do this growth oh which is Grace the big deal, south. yeah, and honoring the vision that you want to take. And that's what he did for you. He yes. dug in and he knew did. you wanted to bring life to this book, he but did. also he was able to dig into your genius and mm-hmm. all these experiences that your brain is like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, true. But you had this vast knowledge yeah. that was brought to the forefront. Oh, and it,
0: it will forever And that be... should be
1: part of every coaching experience.
0: Well, and again, and until I'd had that, I don't think I could fully understand. Yeah. And again, I think we could both agree there are some great coaches, and mm-hmm. there are also some coaches that aren't as authentic yes. and, and aren't necessarily rooted in those values mm-hmm. of honoring the client and honoring, it. and and as CEOs and leaders and entrepreneurs, we tend to not be a bunch that takes direction very well. So right. I'm sure right. in your work, it's you can't just have these three things because for each individual, I would imagine that they're a variation of those three things or those
1: four things that they're finding. It is such an individual. The the way that I have created my practice is making sure I'm always exploring the tools that I want to bring to the forefront. And I do that through my own experience by engaging with different coaches. But it's also this space where you dig in And really start seeing the patterns in the person. Mm -hmm. Because if we solve it for the fight they had with their husband or wife that morning or child, um, if we solve for that hard moment, we're going to be a better manager. We're going to be more grounded when we're with a client. And so it's honoring the real vision that where this client wants to go, but honoring and reminding them who they really, really are. It's really coaching is helping you remember how brilliant you are.
0: Oh, it's such a great statement. And I think, you know, as you've worked with, you know, I'm sure various levels of, of entrepreneurs, various levels of executives and leaders, there have to be or or maybe you've found in your work that there's a handful of things that we all suffer from. <laughs> right we're yes. all maybe suffering from, <laughs> or struggling with, or we all find ourselves you know, in a similar place. What would you say, I know we've talked about a little bit, and you mentioned it earlier, this idea of imposter syndrome, yes. which I think is the new coin phrase for fear. Yes,
1: right? we have not been taught in our world, in our culture, mm-hmm. um, to honor our emotional experience. And I remember being asked on a um, business owner's podcast, and I was asked, do some of your clients, Diana, experience imposter syndrome? And I've been coaching type A folk of all (laughs) levels. I mean, all levels of entrepreneurs, all levels of business owners and middle management leaders. And I will tell you, there is not one person that has not experienced it because growth... Kind of freaks our brain out yes and that's the fear component. Yeah. and imposter syndrome is getting into a new space and your brain going feeling like helping you feel like you're jumping off a cliff.
0: Yes and being okay.
1: To yeah jump off the cliff And now would I feel like <laughs> coaching or good mentorship? I've always made this analogy because I coach people that are like selling their businesses or yes. starting a new business, this very raw new space. Well there's a cliff, yes, there's a cliff, a coach, a good mentor is that shelf underneath it's yeah. like so that you can make the leaps yeah. but again it's honoring the fear I have a story about I think my biggest mindset bump through this yeah. and being able to understand it was that when I finally was coached that it was normal to be worried yeah. it was normal yeah. to be upset yes it was oh I thought all the people that were ahead of me and doing well in their coaching practices were experiencing zero of that. Oh, that's oh, that, no, that's no what we no, tell no. no. right? <laughs> yeah. So honoring the experience of it is allowing it, which actually gives our soul, our heart, like a distancing from the emotional experience. So the fear is real, but if we're like, oh, yeah, here I am. This is normal. What does this feel like in my body? Taking a deep breath through it and going in what also is here. What is my intention in this moment? Mm -hmm. And so whether it's the intention to write 100 words that morning or whether it's the intention to go into a really difficult situation, Mm -hmm. the more we start trusting again ourselves Mm -hmm. in those hard moments, that's the beauty. Well, That's and, the beauty of moving from imposter syndrome to, oh, I am aware I'm feeling fear, disappointment, yeah. guilt, anger, all the things. None of us have told us how to hold those and, and move through those.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think if you put a, a bunch of entrepreneurs in a room together, nine out of ten will tell you that they don't have it or they don't right, feel cause it. Right, because we
1: think we're not supposed to to be successful. Exactly. It is the biggest lie.
0: But I always find, and, and I've, well, I find now that I pay attention to this, is that any time growth is coming or there's something new coming and I, and I think that it's, I just don't like change or I don't like to pivot or, but the reality is, is it's, it's hard, right? And yes. it's that fear of like, well, what if the step that we're taking mm-hmm. is the wrong one? What if I've invested in the wrong areas? And I've just sort of gotten to the point where I'm like, well, I've been at this long enough to mm-hmm. know, right? That if it doesn't work out, it's gonna be okay and I think that's like why even when I wrote my book it was like vulnerable and hard and why would I do this and oh what are the people gonna say I'll be trolled then I just thought ah let them like what else can I do right if this is what I, I wanna do and this is my intention with the book then, then that intention will come forward. And for the people who don't like it, ah, uh,
1: oh well. Yeah, and it's building that self-trust <laughs> yeah. that you're knowing, your gut check on what you want to say, even yeah. though it's difficult and may have a ripple effect. Yeah. Going through those conversations with guidance yeah. is just, it's it is some of the most powerful work.
0: Oh, I can imagine. I mean, you get to see someone that's kind of stuck in that place, mm-hmm. and then you get to see them sort of get to the next threshold yes. once they, once yeah. they honor it and accept yes. it. Right. Um, but I know there are other areas that they probably struggle with too. And I know one of the things that, um, resonated when we had talked about this before was that internal conversation.
1: That we oh had with my ourselves. word. I am doing some work <laughs> through this. Um, so what happens when you allow emotion and you also and allow this, this experience is, as a coach, I will see patterns. Mm-hmm. I will see what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And those patterns were set up as children to survive or do well. We all have some a lot of subconscious wiring that we can't see. Right. So again, the power of a coach is being able to see some of that and kind of deflate the power of it and give right. the client an opportunity, and I do this in my own work, you know, to Act in intention instead of reacting to the fear. Yes. But one thing I've been really digging deep and studying is the internal conversations mm-hmm. that my clients have. And I was sharing this with my coach, and she said, "Diana, I think you're actually solving this whole issue that we think is with two people is gaslighting." Oh, I'm literally digging into yep. the definition and realizing that. We become our own (laughs) worst enemy. We are not our biggest fan. We, and some of this is from protection. Like we may have children or, you know, have had to protect ourselves. And so we kind of like make ourselves small so we don't get in trouble or whatever it might be. But Mm -hmm. if the viewers can understand, like if you can be aware of your own internal conversation, And honor what you're proud of instead of like, what did I do wrong this week? It's asking different questions. It's, listen to the definition of gaslighting. Emotional manipulation in which the gaslighter, which is our judge voice, tries to convince you that you are misremembering, misunderstanding, Mm -hmm. or misinterpreting your own behavior and motivations. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example. Friday afternoon, you just had a horrible conversation with a client. Yeah. And you will say to anyone around you that you had the worst week ever. That moment, that's a lie. Because you may have signed two of your biggest clients on Tuesday, had one of the most meaningful dinners with your family on Wednesday. Yes. And that's what our brain tests to us. So. It's helping to gather information and and point our brain to to really turning to gathering positive, more life giving information that's going on in our lives versus the negative. So how do you do that though? I mean, how Awareness. do you
0: stop? How do Awareness. you stop that? Because I'm yes. guilty. I think we're all guilty of that on some level, whether it's a big moment or whether it's a small moment. I know, um, you know, I know I could get derailed by a mm-hmm. single email that I get yes. at midnight um, from a client yes. that's not appropriate, right? And and I let that spin mm-hmm. out and be non-productive, you right? Know, as I go so forward. So what
1: if that it's? I think it is this nuance of honoring it's normal and not judge that you had that emotional experience. Yeah. Take a breath, and ask what else is true.
0: Hmm. That's a good point.
1: Because our brain is saying you've done it wrong. What else is wrong? And you can go in this spiral that the brain cap will capture everything you've done wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's being the manager of our own minds yeah. and being really graceful towards ourselves yeah. and stopping that by asking a better question. Our brain asks really bad questions or creates us like this hypervigilance in our lives. Yes. And it was there for a purpose at one time. Now so it's like, is this serving me now?
0: It's so interesting you say that because it's funny. I could I could tell you every single thing I have ever done wrong mm-hmm. in any work environment, mm-hmm. as a child, as yes. a teenager as a young 20-something, early in my... I could tell you every single thing that I've done wrong. Yes. But I tend to forget what I've done right. Yeah. Right? And And it's funny that you say ask the question differently yeah right and I think for those of our listeners hopefully this is resonating because we are our biggest like we're gaslighting ourselves
1: (laughs) so can we just even and what a lot of clients will do is jump to that's toxic positivity right when you jump to too positive a but what am I doing great right you can't even get there in that moment right yes but what else might be true here what Mm -hmm. else can we do and so it's Honoring the moment for ourselves, being really graceful. Like, of course, I got triggered. That was a bad conversation. And energetically, like, you're feeling either the emotions of the other person. You're feeling like you failed them breathing through and going okay what do i really want to do with this here and mm-hmm. talking to someone else like wait he said this is this something you're seeing in me <laughs> and really allowing yeah. your work partner or someone that you know is going to tell you the yeah. truth and a coach will tell you the truth yeah. and in a way that's more graceful than you ever will to yourself
0: that's true so that's
1: why someone outside a trusted advisor is, is so important or a, a guide or guidance you know from a coach
0: oh absolutely i mean i can't imagine in the early years if I do think back, like, would I have benefited from it? And I probably would All of us would. We all would, because I think sometimes just having an unbiased mm-hmm. party on the outside that's forcing us to be honest with ourselves. Yes. And telling the truth, mm-hmm. um, which goes against, right, yes. all of the protection mechanisms we have in place, I wonder how much more successful... We all could be, right? By I just—I don't that.
1: know. There's something in me when I meet people that I never want to make the promise that it's going to be faster, right? but it usually is. Right. I never want to make the promise that more money is coming if they're just diligent new business owners sure. because it does when they get onto themselves of the things that are slowing them down. Yeah. But what is so true is in these moments where the perseverance, and you're going to get it done. Mm -hmm. But what if you could get it done with less suffering? Right. (laughs) There's, like, this is right. Like, I (laughs) suffered in year two to three, becoming, like, working really hard to become a revenue, like, really making money so my family could, I could pay for the coaching I wanted. I could, you know, pay for the trips to my masterminds and all the things that I wanted to do. But I had to be with myself in that really ugly way of shutting down and procrastinating the email I said would start writing on Monday mm-hmm. or podcast on Tuesday that yeah. never got done till Friday. Yeah. And I had to be gentle and kind and get through the grit, but now I do that with less suffering. I'm able to drop into a confident space that is more life-giving, and now it just serves me in all the spaces. That's what's so wild. Like, it served me in my transitions, in my relationships, and other things. So it's It's just been, it's a gorgeous coaching and self-coaching are a gorgeous, gorgeous tool.
0: No, it's great because it, it does remind me of of I remember when I started my business and my husband's very successful and had been for years before I started mine. And, you know, I would get a lot of questions of like, oh, why aren't you just to stay at you? Why don't you just be yeah. a stay at home mom? Why don't you, you know, well, your husband, you, you don't need to work, do you? And and here I was fighting it. And, and I remember second guessing myself and going gosh, do they really think I'm an idiot? Like they, that yeah. I just, you know, that I that Isn't I don't... it fascinating
1: to go to that thought? And right? all they were challenging is the values and the culture of being married exactly. and being home with kids. And, you yeah. know, that is deeply rooted also. And so understanding that you honored, despite that, I you did. honored how you're wired and what you really wanted to oh, bring absolutely. to the world. Thank and, God. <laughs> well, and not only did I
0: persevere through that, like I didn't take a penny from my mm-hmm. husband. I didn't take a penny from yeah. anyone. And I proved to myself, yeah. to myself, yes. That I could do it. And so at the end of the day, I could look back and say, this was something that I built, much like you built yours, right? Yes. Coming out of a out of a time where you weren't sure and, and it's hard, you know, yeah. but to get through it, I think um, you look back and you're stronger for it. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, I, but I still, I still have the negative conversation. Um, but which what, is human. It, which is human.
1: Can we just normalize that? That right. is one of the first things I do with clients is yeah. normalize that conversation so it loses its power. Yeah. It yeah. really is a a great, great tool. It's like a great equalizer too, yeah. right? We're all human yeah. at yes. the end of the day. Oh, this morning I was fretting mm-hmm. over this and yeah. we just spoke on Friday and it was one of the most gorgeous conversations and exactly. I was like, Oh, I'm humaning again. Yes. i human all the time. <laughs> We're humaning all the time. Whether we like it or not. Yeah. And we don't like it sometimes. No, like we, we, don't. we really don't. We resist our natural normal human experience and um it's and we're in a culture now and you're seeing this by even an awareness mm-hmm. that there are some things wrong in the way that more in the way that coaching has been sold yes. and promoted than yes. the actual coaching itself. Yeah. There are bad therapists, there are great therapists, there are good car salesmen, exactly. there are bad car salesmen. Yep. But bringing to you know the world like your experience mm-hmm. of seeing how that has helped you oh, and yeah. bring your book to the world. Oh. I know we are hearing more nuance from you mm-hmm. in this book because you had that right coach. Oh, it's gorgeous.
0: Absolutely. I mean and, and it was funny that like I said, I didn't even know it was happening as it was mm-hmm. happening. Um, and that's what made him yeah. actually one of the best, right? That's why people, you know, <laughs> wanted him to be their book, you know, coach yeah. because yeah. he knew how to to do that. But I think what he also did was he celebrated a lot of, of the positive too, right? Like he didn't allow me to have the negative And that's retraining the
1: brain. That is rewiring. Yes. That's how we rewire. We don't do it like we were talking before, yeah. push through and now I'm great and I don't right. experience fear. <laughs> exactly right. It's like, I'm in fear. Oh, these are the thoughts that are mm-hmm. creating that fear. Ah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What is another way to think about this? Exactly. And we literally will jump to, I don't now... I might procrastinate recording my podcast, but I will not be nervous recording my podcast ever again. I still get nervous. Oh my gosh! But (laughs) yes, but this is growth. This is aspiring to grow. It is not a perfect process, (laughs) right? And the nitty gritty is also when others are given permission Mm -hmm. to be in their growth process. No,
0: it's true. And that's what you're doing. Well, and would you say that? So if we're able to conquer. The imposter syndrome, or yes. at least sidestep it, and if we're able to um, stop the internal conversation from being so negative, what what is something else that we we run into? Is there is there another stage mm. to it? Where I
1: think it's the patterning. I um, coach people around their their intention with me is usually hiring for their leadership and their corporate role or their business yep. work, but if they're attracted to my work. They also know that I create safe space for the personal life. Yeah. You know, we, I don't split them in two, but our world has asked us to split them in two. You're right. You're absolutely right. So I have had people go through losing a parent, um, going through a really difficult divorce. Mm-hmm. And as I help that client, I'll use this example to stop people pleasing and being like really not dishonoring their own needs yeah. in a personal relationship. Guess what happens in a relationship as a manager mm-hmm. when the leader, the team leader, the CEO is is not honoring yeah. their knowing and yep. not honoring and they know now how to speak up differently. Yep. And so the patterns that we have been taught or ingrained in us are so subconscious mm. and to have someone see them and so I would see it. I was seeing it show up in as but, a unified thing cuz yeah. cuz this person's a human. Yep. And she could not see how it was relating into, but I'm watching her. Why am I changing two things, like two big parts of my life at once? And it was because she was oh, healing yeah. from some patterns that were really harming her. Yeah. Absolute genius as a leader. I yeah. mean, this is high level strategy, long sales cycle. Like, she is very unique and high, like, just yeah. brilliant. Well, that was getting tamped down by a pattern that kept her safe at yeah. one part of her life, and now was no longer serving her. Gosh, what a great point! It's, it was keeping it's her go- safe
0: yes. for something and, that no longer served her. And
1: if you, you know, if there's any advice, we're talking a lot about, you know, engaging in coaching. Yeah. yeah, honor your intuition in that onboarding call. If it does not feel right, yep. don't oh. like give yourself time. Now, your own imposter syndrome could be saying no to right. the coaching, <laughs> right? That happens. Be there no are to the people coaching, that say that say coach. no to me that right. I know I could help. Sure, but that means that person is if they cannot create the trust in themselves yet to to make that decision. Yeah. I I can't convince them that I'm safe for them. They need to feel that within themselves at some level so that we can have that conversation.
0: Well, and I think that's so important for our listeners to understand, too, is that when you do meet with a coach, right, whether it's you or another (laughs) coach. um,
1: (laughs) Yes. Each one finds it. There's no bigger joy than someone finding their own coach, even if it's not me. I mean, seriously. I I can't coach (laughs) a hundred people. (laughs) I mean, well, you could, but... (laughs) Over, Over, yes.
0: (laughs) Um, but, But I mean, it has to be something, and we talk about this i think as women sometimes i talk about it a lot as my gut is never mm-hmm. wrong it's never failed me and and that is one thing that i'm innately insightful about like i can feel it i can read it and i think that when people are looking if it yes. doesn't feel right and not that it feels vulnerable because yes. you are reaching out right. for a coach right but rather that if that person doesn't make you feel as you mentioned Safe because yeah. this is vulnerable work. Yes, you're not talking about hey, here's how you can get people to be five percent more productive, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. you are really digging into the psychology, the conversations, the emotions that come with running a company or operating at a high level. And so if you're with somebody that doesn't understand or can protect that, it yeah. can be very difficult for yeah. people. And they to may overcome. not be
1: ready until they have they have some of that agency. It may be yeah. time that they're so vulnerable or going through something so deep that a mm-hmm. therapist is the great launch point. Yeah. You know, I have coached people that a lot of my clients have are in therapy yeah. or there are times that I refer that. Sure. But it's that agency of your intuition Mm -hmm. which has been like you brought this up at the very beginning right that this personal development work has not been highly regarded focusing on people's talents and their own uniqueness has not been really honored in our culture Mm -hmm. and now it's screaming to get out because that is the power
0: is having you've learned
1: it by running a diverse team Mm -hmm. having the right people in the right positions and that is creating emotional safety in a work environment so that that can be illuminated
0: yeah well i mean and and whether it's in to... a coaching
1: conversation or whether it's hiring manager, yeah. really make sure you can be emotionally safe with that person or you cannot be your full self.
0: Well, and making sure that, you know, because I think I've seen it in organizations that I've worked with before that didn't have the best interests mm-hmm. necessarily yes. and didn't provide a safe environment for folks, um, you know, to work and thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, having worked in those and then certainly having stepped outside, it's always been my goal to not become that environment because yes. it was so jarring, yeah. but it fit all of the norms, right? Right. Oh, but this is just the way things are. Right. Oh, Julie, right. this is, it's been like this for 20 years, Julie. And, and I remember when I was talking with my <laughs> book coach about the, the chapters where we get to talk about adversity and he's like, no, 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 this isn't going on. This was just 20 years ago. Surely we've done better than that. And I said Rick, no, we haven't. That's what I
1: thought when I came back at 55. Right? I Isn't that really crazy? thought that. Yeah. It but this is we are in an we are at a very opportune moment mm-hmm. to really after the pandemic, we are just beginning to heal. Yeah. And so I do feel like we are at a moment that seeking people that can help us heal yoga breath work you know like it's the woo woo stuff just as much as it is mindset mindset and all this this is an opportunity for us to really heal in our humanness because that's where the power of growth is and do
0: the work right and do the work do the work to get ourselves Mm -hmm. to a place that allows us to Mm -hmm. be more successful where we are um so as listeners i mean obviously they've they've listened to this conversation we've covered a lot i mean what are some of the the key nuggets or areas of advice that you want our listeners to walk away with today? So, you know, I know we've talked about all of the things. Coaching gets a bad rap, finding the right coach, yeah. listening to your intuition. But what are the, the things that folks can literally walk away with today and take action on or really try to start doing the work? Yes. Whether they're with a coach or not.
1: Yeah. So like even when you were starting to talk about the managers, like this is the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. If that, Manager or someone even working for them right. can do this work in the, the little moments. It's honoring your emotional experience. Yeah. Start describing it when it happens to you. Okay. It helps us distance when we watch what's going on for ourselves and say, where, like, what emotion am I feeling? Mm-hmm. Am I just like, is it pressure here? Is it something in my gut? Just starting to describe it yeah. helps it to dissipate. That's interesting. Breathe slowly. Mm -hmm. Honor what is going on for you in that moment. It can be the five minutes before you walk into a really tough meeting Mm -hmm. or in the middle of grounding a conversation that is like really getting emotionally high and just go, okay. And just honoring our bodies are going to be, we are going to start learning. I'm just beginning to learn that my body is the, actually the way I can heal and be more present and again, because that's where our knowing is. That's yeah. where we know what to say next. We know we can honor intuition. But for those that are just starting to want to be more aware, when we emotionally regulate ourselves, I don't care who you are, yeah. we bring something really great to that conversation. We can actually help our, our boss calm yeah. down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, again, awareness number two, yeah. awareness is your power tool. Yeah. So honored what you're thinking in fear. What, Mm -hmm. what am I thinking? Write it all down. When you watch what is going on in your mind, you have agency to change it and Mm -hmm. shift it. Is this, what am I thinking here? Can I honor that I'm afraid because I'm doing something new? Can I be kind to myself? That's
0: great.
1: So, and what are my intentions? Like, what do I really, you are doing this work in the real, like you honored your intentions of birthing a book Mm -hmm. that took that nitty gritty. It was work. hard. Yeah. And and even though it was hard though, <laughs> It's actually hon- hard
0: emotionally. Yes, too. it is. Very that is hard. an
1: emotional repatterning. Yeah. It's honoring all the emotions of being more vulnerable mm-hmm. and that but would you give it up for anything no. at this point?
0: No. It but it was far more emotional and vulnerable mm-hmm. than I had thought. Yes. And there were and it wasn't even the stories of adversity that pulled mm-hmm. that from me. I think it was along the entire journey. It was much harder emotionally than I thought. Um, you know, the stories are there, right? I had many stories to tell. I told some of them, not all of them, but it was, so I do think that because of the work that Rick was doing, he was forcing me to acknowledge it, Mm -hmm. see it from my own
1: eyes and then be able
0: to kind of spin it out into the book.
1: Being with ourselves in the present, we think it's going to take a long time and, Coaching conversations help vet it out and bring the awareness to a very high level. Mm -hmm. But even in the moment, if you just honor it's like, I'm afraid here. Yeah. Huh. Natural. I'm a human. (laughs) Or like,
0: I'm nervous that this podcast won't go well. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) That's like like we both did it. Right. And,
1: but then honoring what I do with a lot of clients before they go into a really important conversation Mm -hmm. or, situation whatever it might be it's like but what are your intentions Mm -hmm. and that's honoring the third point it's honoring your intuition what is your gut saying here Mm -hmm. and you know what you started honoring is trusting that as in business what you've done with your business there's no way that we can be successful if we don't honor it Right. right so you have evidence that it works yes and it's honoring that trust in new situations yeah um i dishonored my knowing and some of the, the ways that I was doing life mm-hmm. in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And I look back, my whole journey of healing from that, it was a very face forward move on both our parts. Sure. Was my biggest trouble was that I was judging myself for dishonoring my knowing mm-hmm. and not moving quicker out of it. And I gotta tell you that the the gorgeous journey of being undergirded as a coach because I was coached all those years. Yeah. I was able to walk all walk away in love and grace towards my ex-husband in a way that I never thought was possible.
0: Well, and it's because you did the work along the way. Right. Right. And I, I think- was
1: undergirded with so much. And I but again, look at the Honoring my knowing. Now I trust my knowing at a level I never knew was possible. Mm.
0: Well, and I do think that that's what's allowed you to be as successful as you've been for your clients is that, again, we wouldn't hire a financial planner who's broke. Right. right.
1: Exactly. We exactly. Who hasn't, right? yeah, honored their own money stories <laughs> right? and that I mean, nitty gritty work. It's I mean, so.
0: But we don't want the ironic a, truth
1: that right? we really have to look. We do have to look at ourselves, but we are the best guide.
0: Well, how do we find you? We know that we're going to have information on the podcast, yes. uh, descriptions and things, but how can we find you? I know you also have a
1: fantastic podcast where you're digging in deeper to this work I am I am digging into braver let's talk about what we don't want to talk about which I uh, I like love that you brought the whole issue of executive coaching today I think it's really important so my podcast is called the leaders podcast uh, the leaders table and podcast and so I invite you to become a listener I am just getting rolling on this this year Um, the other way is my website I just totally recrafted it. My about me will share with you more about my story and why I'm here. and you can email me Diana at dianamurphycoaching.com. I keep zero inbox email, and love being in conversation with people um, to help to answer any questions they might have from this.
0: Oh, I love that, and I really do hope that our listeners, that are whether you're in the car or whether you're at your desk having lunch and listening to this podcast, whether you're a new leader, an aspiring leader, or an entrepreneur, um, I hope. Hope that you are able to take away um, these key nuggets from Diana, um, from the work that she's continuing to do, how she's helping um, you know all of us kind of grow forward, if you will. Yes. And I'm so excited that we were able to have this conversation today because a lot of stories are, hey, here's what I've done and here's what I've built and look how successful it is. But I love today that we talked about the things that people tend to not want to
1: talk about. Yes. (laughs) But it gets us there. It really does, and let us grow and aspire and suffer less. <laughs>
0: ah, what great words. Well, to our listeners who have joined us, thank you so much for joining us today with Diana Murphy to learn more about what coaching can do um, to grow us all. You can subscribe to our podcast by going to wwwaspire And as always, I challenge you as you go throughout your day to aspire to be, dare to become. You might just surprise yourself. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode.